see. The windows. Oh. Let us come to God in worship. Bill? Uh, our gathering uh, this morning for worship uh, opening is, the, uh, is from Psalm 147. How good it is to sing praises to our God, for God is gracious and a song of praise is fitting. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God is our Lord, great is our Lord and abundant in power. God's understanding is beyond measure. Isaiah exclaims, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the universe. God does not grow faint or weary, but rather comes to us to renew our strength. So let us make our confession before God and one another and find therein renewed life in God. Let us pray together. O God, our creator, sustainer, and redeemer, we confess our feelings of exile and alienation amid a global pandemic, and we wonder where you are. We fear your absence when, in fact, you are most present to us. Restore in us a sense of your comfort and care. Renew our strengths so that we might mount up with wings like eagles. Amen. Let us continue our confession in silence. The God who hung the stars and the moon has come close to each and all with mercy and love. Hear the good news of the gospel. We are forgiven and empowered by God's spirit to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
so that the words of scripture that we hear this day may become your word that empowers our lives in this time and place. Amen. The Hebrew scripture this morning is from the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 40, starting with the 21st verse. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When he blows upon them and they wither, and the, tru- and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their hosts by number, calling them all by name, by the thy greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of the Lord. Our Christian scripture this morning continues us in the first chapter of Mark's gospel. I invite you to listen for the word of God. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. 
and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with many demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. They found him and they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Morning. When I was listening to Pastor Janice just read that scripture from Mark, I was struck again about how often during the time that Jesus was in his ministry, we hear about him going to someplace quiet and going by himself someplace quiet or just with one or two people to someplace quiet. And it struck me that so many times in our lives, we're around people and we don't take time for quiet. And I think that it just now it just dawned on me that Jesus needed quiet just like we do. And that needing quiet is okay. That we're not being antisocial. We're not being um, standoffish. We're not being in a, in a pout. We're just needing quiet. And I think that what we need to remember is that that is okay and that God talks to us in the quiet and we can be ready to hear it then. Can we have a moment of prayer? Dear God, thank you for the quiet. Thank you for the times in our lives that we can find for quiet and Listen for your voice in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Debbie. Good reminder to us all. Will you join me in prayer? Oh, God, creator of heaven and earth, out of deep waters you brought us to birth. Claimed us as children of wonder and worth, 
O God of deep flowing water. Those of you who are old enough, and that's probably most of us on the Zoom this morning, well, remember in the 1970s when the diva of all divas, Diana Ross, stood up and sang, reach out and touch somebody's hand, make this world a better place. If you can, I see Debbie singing right along. The incomparable diva Diana Ross sang those words and it became a part of our culture. So ingrained in who we are, who we were, that Ma Bell, you remember the telephone conglomerate, Ma Bell took that song and used it and referred to it as something that would connect us on the phone, reach out and touch someone through the phone. Did they really have no idea what we would be like in the future? That reaching out and touching one another on the phone would be all around us all the time? I remember it most poignantly though, in 1984. It was my last summer in Los Angeles before I went to seminary. And if you remember what was happening in Los Angeles in the summer of 1984, well, it was the Olympics. It was the summer the Olympics came to town. And with that, it was the summer then that I got to sing in the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. You see, the local choir directors, choral directors in the universities and colleges around were encouraged to uh, give their students extra credit uh, to sing in the Olympics in this massed choir of a thousand. And it just so happened that the choir director at the church I was at, Pasadena Presbyterian, was a local college choral director. And so he invited anyone in the church choir who wanted to be an adjunct part of his college choir to come and be a part of this big production. And so we were. And there were so many thrilling pieces of that whole experience. But the one that really talked about reaching out was we had gathered at the arena, at the, at the stadium early to rehearse, and then were taken over in groups to the arena to sit in a particular place until it was time for us to be out in the sunshine for the rest of the day. And slowly but surely, the arena began to fill with other people. There were the flag bearers and the, the, the uh, folks who walked with the 
the name of the country and all of these people. And then we realized that in addition to that, all of the athletes were filling the arena as well. So right next to us may have been an African country and right next to them may have been someone, some country from the, the east, from the far east and somewhere else it may have been Australia and all around the arena was this international gathering of people. And somebody in our choir said, let's sing the Olympic hymn. And they began it. And we began singing this thousand voices until we realized it wasn't just our voices, but indeed the entire room, that entire arena was singing with us through our voices. We reached out and touched everyone else that was there. I've already been asked this morning how my commute was to my conference that I went to this week. And my answer to that was, yes, I commuted from the dining room table to my easy chair in the living room for this conference. So it wasn't a bad commute at all. I attended the Association of Presbyterian Church Educators annual event. Every winter, this group of folks educators, clergy, Sunday school teachers, all sorts of folks gather together. And I've gone for nearly every year in the last 30 plus years. I think I, I think I counted that there were four that I have missed for one reason or another. This is my tribe. These are people that I understand and they understand me, which as I think about it is probably a very scary thing. But in this event, we have worship with a large group, usually about three to 500 people. We have worship, we have keynote, keynote addresses, and we have workshops that we go to. These indeed are my peeps. I look forward to this every year. There are some years where we say to ourselves, if there's just one good workshop, it'll be worth it. Well, this time, not only was there a good workshop, but each of the three workshops and a round table I went to were all good as were the keynotes and worship. But this time, instead of gathering three to 500 people together in Chicago, where we were supposed to be, we were virtual. We were on screens just like this. We were also 1,000 in number because we were virtual. And now before you ask, isn't that an awful lot of boxes on the screen? It was a webinar. And so you don't see the participants. You see the people who are leading um, on your screen. So it's not as if you're trying to make out who's there, except maybe in the workshops. Those are smaller. 
And virtual was good because we knew we could not gather together in person because of all that is happening in our world at this time. And so we knew that it meant there was no stopping in the hallways or at the elevators waiting for them to come to take us to our rooms. Although the more we thought about it, the waiting room for Zoom is much like waiting for the elevator to come. It takes a while to admit a thousand people to an event. And well, just like church, most of us were showing up right about the hour. But there was no wandering around the marketplace and seeing the old friends and new shouting out across the marketplace and running for a hug. There were no leisurely meals with colleagues who have endured much or who are excited about new and wondrous things that are happening. There was no reach out and touch somebody's hand. And that's the church in the time of COVID. No touching. No touching. No wonder then. It's the thing that we most comment about when we talk about what we're doing as in the life of the church. We feel in many ways like we are Thomas in that after Easter appearance where we say, you know, unless I see the wounds in his hands and put my hands in his side, I am not going to believe. Unless I'm sitting here in church and I can touch one another, it's not really going to be church. Do you remember what Jesus said to those who had gathered in that upper room, including Thomas, that day? He said, blessed are those who believe without seeing, without touching. No hugs in the time of COVID. Our gospel lesson today continues us in the story that has begun earlier in this chapter, the story of the Sabbath. And Jesus encounters on the Sabbath. You remember that he goes to the synagogue. And you remember that he heals the man with the unclean spirit. And that spirit is the one who recognized Jesus and called him out in front of everyone else that was there. Christ heals that man just by saying, hey, you're clean, go. And from there, the word spreads. The word spreads from that synagogue into the countryside. 
and were told the disciples, along with Jesus, leave at that time. They leave, and today they enter on that same day the house of Simon and Andrew. And Simon and Andrew's mother-in-law, Simon's mother-in-law, is ill. We're not told what she has, but it's not the same Greek word for an evil spirit. It's a word that indicates a fever of some sort, a flu, possibly. And they tell Jesus about her. It's early on, so we cannot blame them for not doing something themselves. But they watch as Jesus goes to her bedside. And he doesn't encamp certain words over her. He doesn't even do a laying on of hands and a prayer. There are no words that he uses. Instead, he reaches out his hand and takes hers in his and lifts her up. It's a simple act. It is the act of reaching out and touching someone. And time and time again, Jesus will do just that in the, in the accounts, in the Gospels. He will reach out and touch a blind man's eyes, having spat in the dust and the dirt and made up a pulses of that. He spreads it on the man's eyes, and he can see. Jesus, again and again, will touch someone and heal them and make them whole. Simon's mother-in-law is made whole that day. And she gets up and serves our Lord. Much of what I read this last week in current commentaries pulls out this notion that, yeah, all this story has been treated for in the past is that this woman gets healed so she can get up and serve Jesus and the disciples and feed them and take care of them and all those things that women do. But the word that is used for service in this text is the same one that is used when Jesus says the one who wants to be greatest must be the servant of all. Through the touch of Christ in our lives, we are made whole to serve God's world. We gather together every Sunday. 
we gather, we sing the songs we know and some that I'm teaching you because I'm just that way. We sing the songs and we offer the prayers and we hear the word and God reaches out and touches us and we are healed. We offer our confession of those places that, as the traditional prayer of confession says, healed of those things that we have done and those things that we have left undone. And we are made whole. We gather at the table taking bread and cup and sharing in that supper with one another. And we are made whole. There is a lot of our world that does not know what this wholeness in Christ is all about. There is a whole lot of this world that doesn't know what it means to reach out and touch someone with the love of Christ. But you do. The world might call them random acts of kindness. The quarter that is left in the cart at Aldi's or is handed off in the parking lot with a don't worry. This morning as I drove through St. Arbucks, that's Starbucks for those of you who don't know, St. Arbucks. I was given my total when I ordered and I got to the window and the young man said another amount, and I said, no, it's this. And he said, no, actually, someone else paid for your drink this morning. It's just this for what you want to eat. And I felt touched by someone I didn't even know who paid for my drink. And yes, I admit, that's a place of privilege where I have experienced something that I don't need, but it changed my heart just a little bit this morning as I realized how someone had reached out and touched me. Our world is not whole, and our world does not know of this wholeness in Christ, this healing that comes from walking in the way of Christ. And that's where we come in. Out in the world, interacting with people, even though, boy, we are not doing that like we used to. But reaching out and touching one another. By letter, by call, by word, by deed. See, it didn't take too many healings 
for the countryside to come running to Simon's door for Jesus to heal them. And friends, it's not going to take much for the world to come to our door when we reach out and touch the world with the love of God in Christ. May it be so. Amen. Welcome to worship this morning. We're glad that you're here with us and uh, and that you found us this morning. Um, remember, if you've got friends that you would like to invite to, to church, it's as simple as passing along the link so that they too can be a part of worship, to reach out and share uh, with those around. Uh, there are announcements that Anne has sent to you, um, a wonderful announcement about um, accessing the Upper Room Devotional Guide. Uh, there are three different ways that you can uh, make use, excuse me, of that. You can take a hard copy from the church office. You can follow an online link to receive it online every day. You can also call in to hear the daily readings. Um, from the upper room, and uh, this thought for the day is uh, at no charge to you, uh, other than any long distance um, on that, but it's a wonderful resource, in, especially in these times. Um, there are other announcements. Your offering envelopes are here at the church. We hope that you would remember to pick them up and to use them. We are so glad um, to, to have you be a part of things in the financial life of the church. Bill, you have something to say about that? Yes, uh, we, are, we are going to mail those envelopes this week. Um, so there are some remaining in the church uh, education office there area. So, but we're going to go ahead and mail them just so that you have them. Wonderful, wonderful. And remember, if you're if you don't have them or don't want to use them, uh, use your number in the on your check. Uh, that way it can be accounted to you properly, um, those sorts of things. Uh, it, is, it is a part of our life together. Uh, we pledge to, to serve the church, giving of our time, talent, and treasure. And uh, so we encourage you to uh, be mindful of that. And with that, note that um, if you've got ideas about how we might engage in some fundraising this year, um, talk to uh, any member of the session and indeed, now almost former members of the session, Bill would be happy to hear from you. Um, Sue Ferris would be happy to hear from you. She's going to kind of be uh, heading up that uh, piece of our financial stuff. And so uh, please note that and participate. Presbyterian women are collecting personal needs items. Um, and there's a list of all sorts of things there uh, that they need, that they are collecting. It is for the Purple Pantry at U of Albany, and um, you can leave the donations. Uh, there's baskets at the top of the stairs in the education wing, or if you are just stopping by the church, you can put them in the, the box out in front of the building. Um, ben Montgomery is your deacon on call this month. So if there's anything that you uh, need to need some help on or such, please uh, let her know. Um, 
On Wednesday, February 17th, it is Ash Wednesday. There is a special Zoom sponsored by the Presbyterian Women in the Hudson Valley Presbytery. And um, all women are in, uh, invited to participate in this. Um, it uh, should be a wonderful uh, adventure. And so there will be more on that, including the link to follow. Uh, Charlotte Hasselbarth can probably give you some more information as we get closer to that. But please do that. And then in the evening, we are going to have our Ash Wednesday worship service. Um, it was decided that we would go ahead with what we normally do, even though we're on Zoom. And so you are encouraged to gather at 6 p.m. with uh, some soup and a sandwich. We will have a leisurely meal together. Um, and then we will go into worship for that evening. Uh, we are not going to be having the imposition of ashes that night, but rather we're going to have uh, the anointing with oil. And um, so there'll be some information about that um, part of things. We will have communion that night as well. Uh, so plan on joining us that Wednesday evening, the 17th, uh, for worship. Are there other announcements about things in the life of the church? Because I'm in speaker view, I cannot see if any of you are waving your hands at me. Nope, no other announcements? All right. Um, is there a minute for mission this morning? Okay, I think I need to coordinate with Kenny. Yeah, I think I was, hello, I think I was supposed to coordinate. I, mean, I was supposed to say something about uh, to get rich project. And if you would like to, you can right now. Okay, here we go. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Chituka Village Project is a mission is to is for social ju social justice, using education and sports for children in the village. And one of the things that we're trying to do is to empower the children, and maybe also try to sensitize the village people about education. Not everybody goes to school. Not everybody wants to go to school. So we're trying to entice in the children to come to school. Because the old missionaries, they used to build a school at every church, but that has gone away since the government took over the schools. So now the schools uh, don't have the same, I guess, uh, ideas that the missionaries had. So most of our people in the village, they don't send their kids to school. So we have put together this project to attract and to educate or to empower the children to come to school. So how do we do that? By coming with the idea that if you come to school, uh, we will mentor you, we will tutor you, and they will help you hopefully graduate to the next class. Because most of them don't have the ability to come to school every day. So one of the things we do is if we come to school, we come after school program, we'll give you a meal. Why is that? Because the average villager only eats at one meal a day. So the idea that they can come to school and get a meal and stay after school and be tutored, that's a huge undertaking. So it costs a lot of money. And most of, most of the projects, uh, I, I would say that the schools in Malawi, they don't have lunch programs. So this is a big deal for a child to say, I can go to school 
And uh, she took a village project who will feed me at least one meal for this week or for this day. And that's only done twice a week. So we're trying to educate about hunger in Malawi is a common, is a way of life. Nobody eats two meals or three meals a day. They just drink water if they can, they nibble around, and they hope to go. If there's a funeral, there's a meal there. Okay? And they'll go there because they know they're going to eat. And which is right now is one of the things that's going on. With pandemic, nobody attending funerals because you can't. So guess what? People are hungry and they're not eating. So she took a great project has put together a program that we're trying to feed the children, at least those who want to come to school, they get to have a meal. So that's the main objective of uh, our project. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. It's good to hear about the project and to be in, uh, to, be, to remember uh, things happening around the world. In addition to those joys and concerns that have put, been put into the uh, chat, are there any others to share with the church family this morning? Any other joys or concerns? Wave your hand. Okay, I see none. That's also a good thing. Let us then prepare ourselves as we come before the table. Bill? Come to this table because you want to celebrate. To celebrate care in illness, comfort in sorrow, healing beyond curing, peace in forgiveness, and hope in times of fear or threat. Come to this table because you claim an abundance as culture defines it or as your heart knows it. Come to this table because you have discovered your own generosity and need to start giving. Come to this table because you are willing to be welcomed, even when that is awkward, and willing to welcome to the limit of your resources, and even to offer welcome knowing it may be rejected. And come to this teeter-totter table where the bakers and the starving touch elbows as well as hearts. We remember that Jesus came from a culture of oasis hospitality. Stories of manna, grain gleaned, a raven feeding the prophet Elijah, Abigail hurrying to offer a feast and a Passover meal for which everything stopped and all were fed. We remember that Jesus came from both family Sabbath evenings and the rule bending of grain plucked from a field when someone was hungry. We remember that Jesus remembered that on his first day in the healing business, he lifted up a woman from her fever 
And she responded by serving everyone from the generosity of her wellness. <laughs> Jesus sat and ate at that table. And we remember that Jesus remembered that near the end of his ministry, when he called a short man from a tree into a forgiveness so abundant, it became a meal for the least and lost. And Jesus sat and ate at that table as well. And we remember that Jesus knew when it was the last Passover, how important healing and turning lives around was. And blessed unleavened bread and poured wine and love freely, inviting us always to share both brokenness and grace. Let us pray. Gentle host, rest upon us as you rested upon water and light, earth and creatures, human beings, all in your image, and even the cooking pots and serving bowls of those who love you. Send your spirit of life and love, power and blessing upon your children that this bread may be broken and gathered in love and this cup poured out to give hope to all. Oh, risen Christ, live in us that we may live in you. Breathe in us that we may breathe in you. Reach out and touch us, that we might reach out and touch the world in you. And hear us as we pray, as we have been taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus, as he gathered with the disciples in that upper room, took the bread he blessed it, giving thanks to God for it. And he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant poured out for all for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you all of it. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the saving death of our Lord until he comes. Let us in our many places receive the gift of God, the bread of heaven. We are one in Christ in the bread we share.
Let us, with our many needs and many blessings, receive the gift of God, the cup of blessing. We are one in Christ in the cup we share. Spirit of Christ, we give thanks for this grace from our deep heritage of sanctuary Eucharists and community meals, and from our personal memories of many generous plates and your Holy Supper. Wrap your hopeful presence around all those whose bodies, spirits, and hearts are in need of healing or hope, and let us become your compassionate spoon your safe refuge. May we be lifted up to serve you and all your children in the world. Amen. Thank you.
gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. God reaches out and touches our lives. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Dear friends, church, Go out, go out having been touched by God to touch the world in faith, hope, and love. And know that God Almighty, Creator Christ, and Holy Spirit will be with you this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.